Welcome to Next Take Georgia. It's our weekly podcast brought to you by ITG Next Georgia. I'm your host, Phil Jones. And this week, we are talking with Paige Dower from WALB-TV. Paige joins us once again, uh, an an encore appearance, if you will, uh, joining us as uh, we have been keeping up, uh, and I say we here at uh, ITG Next, and of course, uh, Paige with uh, her work over at WALB. Been keeping up, of course, with what's happening with the Valdosta football program and all of the extracurricular activity going on. In addition to, oh, by the way, yes, there is a football team that is uh, going through spring practice this week. We're going to touch on that. Really going to try to cover everything from A to Z about what's happening at Valdosta. But first of all, let me bring in and introduce to you officially Paige Dower from WALB. Paige, how are you? Hey, Phil. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Glad uh, that you uh, accepted my invite to come back. (laughs) It was so, so great the first time around. You're back by popular demand. How about that? I appreciate it. I'll put it on my resume. (laughs) There you go. Well, Paige, obviously, this story is one that really, you know, for the most part, needs no introduction. Um, We, I think most of the the listeners kind of are up to speed on uh, some of the, you know, most of the shenanigans going on. Uh, A quick recap, though, Paige, with Valdosta, of course, um, having been slapped with uh, various penalties and infractions uh, a few weeks back. Uh, including fines uh, totaling, I believe, $7,500. Five players uh, ruled ineligible, a forfeiture of all wins from last year, no postseason play for the upcoming season. And, of course, all that resulted in uh, the dismissal. I guess we can word it as the non-renewal of contract of the uh, now former head football coach at Valdosta, Rush Probst. Uh, With all that being said, Paige, the GHSA uh, heard Valdosta's uh, final appeal. You were there, uh, and Paige, tell us what was the the tenor, the tone of the room. Uh, just kind of give us an overview from start to finish of uh, what happened up at the GHSA offices in Thomaston. Yeah, so this is honestly been quite a speedy process. I mean, the audio recording came out March 3rd. It's now May 4th, and everything seems kind of finite at this point on May 4th, where they had their final appeal with the GHSA Board of Trustees. It was a near three-hour meeting where the school and the attorney representing a couple players testified and argued for nearly three hours, just trying to lay out all of the evidence and everything they could to kind of bolster their case. They mostly were saying that there wasn't any concrete evidence to the allegations that were outlined in the audio recording and in the deposition and the couple of radio interviews that Mike Nub Nelson, the former Touchdown Club president, um, did with a couple of radio stations in Valdosta. Going through that, you know, the attorney, Brian Smith, representing Valdosta High School, again, talking about there's no evidence that players, which was really the heart of the story, were not recruited. They didn't have any undue influence. They came here, one, for new opportunity, for a better education, for um, specifically Amari Jones, the mom said, to save his life. He is from the Atlanta area. They lived around a lot of crime and riots, and they just needed an escape. 
that was the tone of the attorney, Eric Johnson, representing Taj Sanders and Amari Jones. But it appeared that the audio recording and the deposition was just too much for the GHSA board to overcome. And they stuck to their original decision and unanimously denied Valdosta's appeal. Um, any surprise? Uh, you know, I was asked, uh, of course, uh, and I'm sure you probably were too, Paige. I was asked, uh, you know, really began on Monday if I thought that Valdosta really had any chance of winning this. Uh, I, I And I guess really it's not as if I had some kind of or had to have some kind of magic, magical crystal ball because generally uh, whether it's this situation or any type case that's being heard on appeal, you know, generally your the appeal process um, – very seldom fails to overturn what was the initial ruling, whether it's this case in a court of law, whatever page. So that being said, I wasn't really expecting uh, the appeals to be overturned, especially in this case with it being what the second appeal follow up. Uh, but but still, your thoughts. Did you think that Valdosta had any chance going into this? No, and I don't think Valdosta had thought they had much of a chance to drop the penalty. So they went in saying that we're asking you to lessen the penalties, which was mostly allow these kids to play next season, allow us to have our championship postseason. I think they understood the lack of administrative control penalty. They can probably stomach the $5,000 fine for the ineligible players last year. But if you remember, Jake Garcia, he was ruled ineligible because he didn't make a bona fide move. And there were questions of recruitment taking him from California to Valdosta. He's ruled ineligible and then goes to Grayson. And he's able to play in-state. And he's able to play out his last season before he graduates in December to go to the University of Miami. Brian Smith, the attorney representing the school, was like, why can't these other four kids get that same deal? If it's all about recruiting and influence that they received, which is the same thing that you're claiming happened to Jake Garcia, why aren't we getting that same deal? And then they list all of the reasons and why there wasn't recruiting. Like I mentioned with Amari Jones, saving his life. For some reason, the four remaining players that are rising seniors, they didn't get that same deal. And I think that is what they thought they had their best chance in. And honestly, they had really compelling arguments. Um, A lot of it, you know, the attorney representing the players, he's like, a lot of this is just hearsay. Uh, Brian Smith, he kind of had a a nice little zinger. He said, you know, it's just two idiots trying to impress each other. They (laughs) (laughs) They brought a letter from one of the members of the Touchdown Club bringing in the bringing into question the trustworthiness of Mike Nub Nelson and why they shouldn't take everything he's saying as fact. And I don't really even know if the GHSA board really took time to review that letter and allowed it to play into their final decision-making. Maybe they did just as a person watching the meeting, being a part of the meeting, it didn't really seem like it. So to answer your original question, I think they thought their best shot was allowing these players to play their last season. Because like you mentioned earlier, they have to forfeit all their 2020 season games. So technically these players are being penalized for two years when under the bylaws, it should just be one, but then nothing changed. So it really did surprise me after three hours, it was still a unanimous decision. And I guess, you know, one more thing to note, there was only one board member for the GHSA that made a motion to consider Amari Jones' 
case separately. Nobody seconded it. So it was dismissed. And then right into the next motion, it was to deny the appeal. They did that unanimously. And we kind of just all got up and were looking around and just walked outside. Mm -hmm. It was kind of an odd, like an unsettling feeling when it all ended. Yeah, and I got to be honest with you, Paige, you know, the more I hear that comes out of this, the more dialogue I have, uh, be it with you or whomever, you know, it, you really start to see that uh, that maybe Valdosta has a pretty good argument, Valdosta and the parents of the players in question. I, that That's, you know, that, that's my personal feelings on it. I, I think Valdosta has got a pretty solid case. Now, it's a moot point. Uh, you know, they've made their presentation and, uh, but still from a personal standpoint, uh, I think that they had a pretty solid case. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. If we listen back to the audio recording and really dissect the, then the only player mentioned by name was Taj Sanders. I remember talking to Raj before the 2020 season started and he talked about maybe a kid from California coming and in the, um, audio recording it with a kid from North Cobb. Well, Amari Jones is from Carver, and the guy from California um, was Jake Garcia, and I think that was a different kid than what Rush thought was going to be coming. So to draw these conclusions that, you know, the Atlanta kid must be Amari Jones, the California kid must be Jake Garcia, that's quite a leap. So I agree with you that I really did think Valdosta had a strong case and it didn't seem that the board really took much time to think amongst themselves and said, well, maybe we have something wrong. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking to Paige Dower from uh, WALB-TV. Paige is the sports director uh, for WALB. Does a great job keeping up with what's happening in the world of sports, high school sports, high school football, just as we do here at ITG Next. And uh, we are coming together today for this week's Next Take podcast to, to get you up uh, up to speed on the latest happening with the Valdosta High School Football Program. And again, their appeal, uh, their final appeal uh, went before the Board of Trustees uh, up at the Thomaston offices of GHSA on Tuesday. And again, the ruling, uh, the appeals were upheld. Paige, I just mentioned that I think, again, this is the, the final appeal. Does Valdosta have another um, opportunity to have their case heard, perhaps in a, in a court of law? Uh, what can you tell us about that? So as far as the next step for the school goes, Kaysen hadn't disclosed anything to me after meeting. But when it comes to the players, their attorney, Eric Johnson, out of Atlanta, says that they're going to be taking additional legal actions. He says they're going to file a lawsuit. They're going to take it to court. He says they were never given their due process. A lot of the penalties and the sanctions is based on hearsay, which is the audio recording, the deposition, and the radio interviews. He says a lot of that's dismissible in court. He thinks they have a strong case. That's their next step. Uh, Tosh Sanders and his family. And the other four, other three players, they have to look outside of the state if they want to play their senior season. So for Sanders, I think he's looking at Florida. But as far as legal action goes, I know the players want to continue fighting this. As far as the school, I'm not sure if they, if they even know what their next step is yet. I guess also another 
Um, uh, I guess another opportunity, another choice they could have, I guess, would be to uh, to go the private school route uh, via a GISA, right? I think so. Um, I know that in the GHS's ruling, it says they're barred from any Georgia high school school, but why not go private? I think that could be an option. I'll have to look into the finite details, but I think that'd be another route they could go. Yeah, that's a, yeah absolutely. Sorry to interrupt the page. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously, you know, a, a completely separate uh, association and entity. So that certainly could uh, be an option. I think we all would like to see these uh, these young men be given another opportunity. And I got to be honest with you, the the argument that, you know, you've got one of the five players mentioned, that being Jake Garcia is, you know, through with his high school uh, playing days. He's now down at the University of Miami. He will be unaffected by this. Whereas the other four players now, you know, uh, again, if something uh, doesn't take place, if they're not afforded another opportunity to play, then, uh, you know, that's going to cost them, wind up costing them their senior season uh, of football. So, uh, again, uh, a, a tragedy in just more ways than one surrounding uh, this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, the players, like I said, they're the heart of this story. A lot of these kids rely on athletic scholarships to go to school. and. Matter of fact, I mean, Amari Jones, Tosh Sanders, Ty Lewis, they're really talented players, have collegiate potential. And for them to not have their junior season, not have their senior season, possibly directly impacts their future as it relates to college and what they're able to afford to what they're able to afford if they don't get an athletic scholarship. So for the GHSA board to not lessen any of the penalties, knowing their future really is at stake, was quite surprising. Absolutely. Paige, let's talk about, excuse me, let's talk about one thing that came out of um, uh, yesterday's uh, hearings up at uh, the GHSA headquarters, not related to um, the Valdosta appeal. However, it is one of these things that could very well have an effect uh, on Valdosta football moving forward. And that was the discussion. And I'm surprised there's not more people talking about this. I'm certainly going to uh, be talking about it uh, on my show, Extra Point, with Phil Jones. Uh, I'll tell you guys more about that before we uh, uh, get through with our podcast with Paige, uh, Paige today. But um, that is yesterday's um, discussion amongst the GSA members to uh, take another look at reclassification. You know, uh, I believe in the last uh, GHSA board meeting, you know, we came out of that thinking that reclassification was going to basically not happen, that uh, the schools would stay with the current FTE enrollment numbers uh, and that the current school's classifications would remain where they are for the remaining cycle or the next cycle, which is four years. And we thought that was pretty much uh, the the end of it. Now, it was mentioned that it did have, uh, you know, to be, uh, it was pending a second vote, rather. And that was the vote that was taken yesterday. I think they have tabled that. But from all indications that I'm hearing, um, it sounds like reclassification is opening back up. What do you know about that, uh, Paige? Yeah, for them to change course so quickly, I thought they were just going to keep pretty much what they had for the 2020 season. And now, like I said, they're changing course and there should be a, a big reclassification for the upcoming season. 
Yeah, so we are going to see, uh, and this is interesting because uh, it was one of those things that I talked about on my show when um, when when they had decided not to move forward on reclassification. There were some schools, and again, Valdosta comes back <laughs> up. So you've got Valdosta right now that it, they're just over the threshold of the 2,200 students. That's a 2,200 cutoff which uh, you know either keeps you in 6A or will catapult you up into the next highest classification, that, of course, being 7A. Right now, Valdosta exceeds that limit. It looked as if, again, Valdosta, one of those several schools that was right on that threshold of either moving up or staying in their current classification. Um, so now uh, it looks like that's going to, if indeed it gets uh, revisited, Valdosta could be, uh, on top of everything else they're dealing with, could be looking at uh, moving up in classification and rendering them, Paige, one of the smaller schools in Class 7A. I know. Isn't that a scary thought? I mean, you look at the 2020 season where they were in 6A. One of their region opponents was Lee County. <sighs> like, was that even a game? I mean, Lee County blew them out of the water last year. They go up against Lounge for the Wintersville Classic. That wasn't really competitive either. So if they go up to 7A on top of everything they've had to overcome, they only have an acting coach right now who hasn't been a head coach for several years. His last head coaching job for Shelton Felton was at Chris County, which is a smaller school. And then they don't have their top players. They don't. And maybe the saving grace is that they don't get to play in the postseason because if they have to go to 7A, I don't know if they would even make it anyway, <laughs> looking at what happened last year. So if they move up and then they're on the smaller side of the 7A classification, that's a daunting task for the new head coach and this team just trying to keep the morale up. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're closing out with uh, with Paige Dower from WALB-TV. Again, we're kind of talking about the the Valdosta situation uh, from all points of interest, not only the appeal that uh, Valdosta uh, had heard and, of course, uh, the GHSA voted to uphold that appeal, but also uh, this secondary item that uh, has really been uh, just kind of quietly seeped out, and that is the possibility of GHSA now revisiting reclassification talks after initially coming out and publicly stating that uh, they were just going to freeze the FTE numbers where they were with uh, member schools and, and pretty much just keep everybody where they are. It looks like now the GHSA has uh, has had second thoughts. From what I'm understanding, there was a lot of blowback, Paige, uh, from the public. And that's one of the things that caused GHSA to take another look at this. So, uh, again, that's something that we will certainly keep an eye on moving forward. And, of course, it not just doesn't affect about us. There's a number of schools that uh, that could be up for either being uh, bumped up to, you know, a classification or even moving down one classification. I'll close, Paige, with talking about the on-the-field product at Valdosta and other schools. So we now uh, are underway with uh, spring practice. I know you've got some schools, I believe Colquitt County, one of the schools yet to start up. I talked with the Coach Rogers. He does that intentionally to try to allow his uh, players that are running track to get through with their uh, track careers and in the track season so that they can uh, be fully ready to play football. But um, I know there's a couple of other schools that have yet to start. But for the most part, schools around Georgia, and especially in southern Georgia, 
are underway with spring practice. Uh, this is something we did not have the opportunity to enjoy last year, Paige. So it's good to see the schools out there, even if it is for just the 10 days they're allotted by GHSA, it's still a great thing to have spring football practice back, isn't it? Yeah, at least this year, not like scrapping for ideas on stuff to report on. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. I'm <laughs> so that's always exciting. Um, you know, a couple of schools there since you know COVID isn't playing such a role in this season. Monroe High School and Westover, they're having their first ever spring game between each other on May 20th. So not only are they getting spring practice, they're having their first ever spring game, building a bunch of hype and buzz within the community. Those two programs also have two new head coaches. So as far as having that new era, that new excitement, that fresh look, we're really going to be able to get our first look at what these new coaches have been able to do with the program coming up in a few days. So it, it's going to be exciting on May 20th to get to check that out. No doubt. Uh, again, I talked with uh, <clears throat> the interim head coach of uh, the Valdosta Wildcats, that being Shelton Felton. <clears throat> had, uh, I was surprised at the numbers of kids they had come out at Valdosta. With everything going on, you you would think that uh, maybe there would be uh, you know, a, a loss of interest. Uh, the, the kids would not be excited to to be involved uh to get ready for spring practice and to be involved with everything that comes with football but not the case uh about 169 players i believe is what uh uh, coach felton said that they had come out for spring practice that is encouraging if you are a valdosta fan and again good to know that the kids are pretty much saying hey you grown-ups can have, uh, you know, can duke it out all you want. We're here to play football, and we're going to move forward. We're going to do what we love to do. And if anything good can come out of this, page, it's that these young men can go out there under the tutelage of these, of these coaches and go out there and play the game that they love. Many of them, of course, know what it means to be playing for the Valdosta Wildcats. And kudos to these young men for wanting to go out there and stay the course regardless of what the outcome may turn out to be in terms of you know records, postseason play, hopes, whatever. Oh, I totally agree. You know, Dr. Kaysen, the superintendent, and Coach Felton, it's all about keeping that morale high, which seems that they've been able to do. You mentioned it. There's not been a dip in the amount of kids coming out for spring practice. And I think this season we're really going to see the type and the quality and the character of these players and what they're able to accomplish. And once they're outside the shadow of Rush Probst, who are these players? You know, because Dr. Kaysen says, this isn't the type of team we are. We've not had these issues until we hired Rush Probst. Okay, well, this is your time to prove it. What kind of players are you? What kind of character are you than these young men? So I, I'm excited to see how they're able to turn this massive negative into a big positive for their season yeah and i do want to caution you know everyone to you know to remember that uh you know in his first season uh last year you know <clears throat> rush came in and led valdosta to the state semifinals uh under again um the 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 dark cloud that was COVID 19 uh that kept you know again as we just mentioned earlier page no you know kept teams from participating in spring practices really any kind of spring drills and then once they did get back to it had to really ease into it 
very cautiously. I just think everything considered, probably one of his best coaching jobs ever with uh, Coach Probst. So definitely wanted to make sure we point that out because uh, there was a lot of positive, uh, believe it or not, that did come out of Valdosta's football program in Rush Probst's first year. But we are removed from that now. We are heading uh, into, again, spring football practice with teams all across the state. That includes Valdosta. Again, as we close, Valdosta's quarterback situation, again, pending whatever happens with Amari Jones. It looks like, looks like you've got Mike Miller back for Valdosta. Uh, he was the quarterback that was the starter when Coach Probst first arrived at Valdosta. There were some, uh, I think, some moving around of the depth chart. Mike Miller was dropped back. Make a long story short, he is back in camp. Uh, talked to Coach uh, Felton yesterday. Apparently, they have him second on the depth chart. And then you've got, um, I think it's uh, Sam Brown, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he was a transfer last year from down in Plant High School in the Tampa area. I think he is the man right now charged with leading the Wildcats offense. So, again, a lot of excitement uh, there at Valdosta, and we encourage fans everywhere to get out and support your favorite high school football team, whether it's Valdosta, Rabin County, Benedictine, whomever. Get out and support <laughs> your favorite team. Paige, I'll give you the final word. Yeah, no, I mean, after everything that's happened with Rush Probst and Valdosta High School, I think at the end of the day, they're ready just to put that behind themselves. I'm sure Probst will come out with a statement in the in the coming days, but I think it's just time to table that. Focus on the kids who really want to be there. Get ready for the 2021 season. Let's enjoy spring practice across the state and we all have something to be excited for. We all have something to look forward to. So we spent enough time talking about the negatives. Like you said, let's just focus on the positives and get ready for another successful season. So Paige Dower, WAOB, and uh, and all of us here at ITG Next Georgia, we're going to be all over it this year covering high school football. Again, we encourage you to get out and support your favorite high school football team. going to be a lot of fun as we move forward through the summer. The rest of uh, spring practice, seven-on-sevens, the uh, OTAs. And then before you know it, the start of the 2021-22 high school football season will be upon us. Paige, I can't wait. I can't either. I'm so excited. Paige, thanks so much for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me back. I'm sure we'll be talking again in the future. Look forward to it, Paige. Thanks again. Of course. That's Paige Dower from WALB. Be sure to uh, to follow her great work uh, she does there at uh, WALB. And, of course, everything we're doing here at ITG Next Georgia. Again, a couple of reminders before we let you go. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly newsletter, which comes out every Tuesday. Also, be sure to check out our social media accounts at ITG Next Georgia on Facebook and Instagram our latest stats, graphics, and the latest in breaking uh, sports news as it happens across our great state. And in closing, be sure to check out my sports show, Extra Point with Phil Jones, which airs right now, Monday through Wednesday. We'll add day number four on Thursday once we get closer to the high school football season. That is the ITG Next Georgia Facebook page. Again, Monday through Wednesday right now, 5 to 7 p.m. live. Again, we'll add that fourth day on Thursday come football season you can also go back and check out the show and it's found wherever your favorite podcasts are located again you've been listening to next take georgia our weekly podcast brought to you by itg next i'm your host phil jones have a great week everybody